This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Jason Glick, how are you? I'm good, John. Yourself? Oh, not bad. So what do you have on tab for us tonight? Well, I have something that's like somewhat relevant to the uh, film we saw um, prior to I'm um, going to find a May. What um, film? What film? What is this? X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, cool. You know, everyone's favorite character in the X-Men film. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> now, we actually like, seem to like the film a lot more than um, other people did, though. I'd have to say that's true. Yeah. You you enjoyed it without reservation. I told you afterwards, I thought, I thought it was as entertaining as it was cheesy. And it was very cheesy. I'm willing to grant that. <laughs> yeah. And you also mentioned that, you know, this is the kind of film that... Like, you you really had to have seen the previous two films in in the in the cycle to uh, get the uh, get the most of the emotional connections in the film, but um, it's like it's but, but like I said it was it was not that well well received. It kind of like um, brought back the the, um, the feelings that you know hey the third film in like the in any X, in the X Men cycle is going to be um, universally reviled, kind of like with the Last Stand, which I didn't think was that bad, but I guess that's kind of the uh, thing as it is as well but hey you know like the trailer for logan is fucking awesome and i hope the film is just half as good yeah i can't wait to see that i did love the trailer for that i'll have to say um and uh you know i want to see how they uh how they reinterpret some of the source material to make this movie you know oh yeah so like and we only have to wait until march in order to see that so but you know (laughs) but um yeah and but however because the uh you know the uh Marvel will try, will loves to try to find a way to tie in like their um, comics to the films that are released, even if they're coming from another company, like however obliquely. Um, they will. Um, it's like we got at the same time the uh, uh, Apocalypse movie came out. Um, we got a, a thematic um, X Men crossover um, between um, all new X Men, Extraordinary X Men, and Uncanny X Men called Apocalypse Wars. Now. Apocalypse has been one of the big bads for years in the X-Men um, family. Um, from his first appearance back way back in the early days of X-Factor to these, like, his crowning achievement in um, the Age of Apocalypse, where, where history was changed that allowed, in a way that allowed him to uh, enact his um, survival of the fittest um, it's like, um, theor- like theory like throughout the Mar- Marvel Universe. Like, it was a great alternate universe story like from the 90s. That um that still holds up pretty well. It's like pretty well today. Now, since then though, it's like like Apocalypse has been. We've been trying to find like you know they've been trying to find like new and interesting ways to, to handle like to um like to, um, to deal with the character, and they've they've been kind of like finding uh like we it's really been kind of a kind of a hash for the most part. Um like after. Uh, he disappeared in the timeline after following um, Peter Milligan's um, Blood of Apocalypse series and um, the um, Atticalist X Men series. It's like the most, probably the most memorable Apocalypse storyline has been hasn't even involved the character himself. It, it involved it was um, um, the Dark Angel saga from Rick Remender's Uncanny X Men run. It basically had um, with Apocalypse out of the picture, um, his nearest successor, um, like um, Angel or Archangel of the X Men, it's like was. Like um, the his apocalypse, perso- his apocalypse derived um, um, persona was asserted assert itself, and um, it's like and all sorts of bad shit went down from it. It was a great um, ten issue arc that stands as some of the best um, 
story, best storytelling like in the X Men. It's like in it's like in the last decade, and it's um, it's like, and it's one of the things that made Honor Mender into an A list writer into the comic in the comics industry. Now, um, that's like, and he, and it's like, and that, and um, that's, and that was great stuff. But um, you know, since then there hasn't been a whole lot of like apocalypse related storytelling because you know, hey, if we're going to, uh, it's like you know, go back on to deal with apocalypse, we gotta like bring in the uh, like go reference that like that storyline. Oh, like well, we're not gonna touch that unless um, it's really good. Well, <laughs> that 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 kind of stuff happens here, and it's not all that good. So, but it's worth mentioning that the uh, the that while this is. Um, Technically, a crossover. It's more of a thematic crossover than more than anything else, because while all three um, um, X Men core X Men titles do a uh, apocalypse related storyline, they're all separated by um, by timelines. Like um, all new X Men tells the story of um, of Evan Sabanur, um, the uh, it's like the uh, clone of Apocalypse who is raised um, by by Phantom X in a uh, it's like it's like in a in a VR simulacrum. It's like in the pages of um uh, of um Uncanny X Force, um sh- chose him meeting up with the the original kid who would become um Ensabanur. It's like back in the um, back in days of ancient Egypt. Um, ex- Extraordinary X Men tells a uh, fu- a st- future story of how the X Men some some X Men were thrown thousand years in the future and have to deal with um, Apocalypse's influence like in that like in that day and age. Meanwhile, Uncanny X Men. Um, takes a present day tactic of um, it's like I'm actually um, like dealing with um, Archangel and Angel. It's like and how and how they relate to Apocalypse as well as um, Apocalypse's son um, Genocide. It's like I'm trying to um, stir shit up in the modern in the modern era. Of the three, um, all new X Men probably um, gives us the well. Okay, I also have to mention like how this. This this uh, series was republished because well there is a um, hardcover collection of of all the Apocalypse Wars um, stories. If you're reading the uh, the series by trade, you're going to want to pick up the uh, trade paperbacks themselves because all new X Men and extraordinary X Men contain extra issues. Which you know if you're reading the series, you're going to want to um like they contain like um relevant stuff to the ongoing story. In fact, all new X Men contains the two issues that precede the Apocalypse Wars tie-in. Are actually really entertaining in the sense that we get um, a story of um, of Toad kidnapping um, young Cyclops because he 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 wants to, he realizes that hey you know it's like the uh, like um, after um, adult Cyclops completely fucked up the uh, it's like like the uh, the world and what he did it's like he he figures that hey if he if he kidnaps and kills young Cyclops that'll save the world it's like and um, he even quotes some quotes Terminator to make to um like to make sure it's um. I guess it's legit and all, but um, Dennis Hopeless and uh, Mark Bagley tell a um, pretty compelling story, and one that's like um, a lot darker than you'd expect for this thing. Not just because it's set in underground catacombs, but just the fact that you know it makes um, Toad into a credible, into a credible and creepy villain here, and also um, posits young Cyclops like as someone who's like completely out of his depth here, but still has to um, do some like really questionable stuff in order to survive. Um, it's good introductory issue, but the better one is the one that follows. Like after um, Cyclops, young Cyclops makes barely makes it out alive, and um, Beast and young Beast is um, like really upset about like how things are um, things are like 
things you're working out for the, um for this time time displaced X Men um group. Well, he um then like he's like while he's angsty about it, he realizes that hey, you know, what if I just got someone to magic this all away? So that leads him to Doctor Strange, and and while he um like shows up to Doctor Strange, while he Strange is dealing with the um, complications of the of Jason Aaron's last days of magic storyline, where um, magic is um, slowly degrading and all out of whack, um, Beast shows up and says, "Hey, hey don't get, just take your pound of flesh. Let me sign on the like the demonic out of the line. It's like, and let, let me get this out of here." And Strange is like, "Uh, yeah, I, it's like I would love to send you away for that um re, that um beautifully impassioned and disrespectful speech you just gave me." Well, Beast winds up getting um sucked into um one of um Strange. Like strange dealing with some sh- shadowy demonic, demonic creatures, and eventually realizing that you know, like, even though it's like you know, like a magic functions on a completely different level from science, it is still bound by rules. It's like and laws, and eventually, like he uses that um that that sort of thing to help Strange realize um what's going, um what's going on in this particular, this particular situation. It's not all that relevant to um. It's like to the last days of magic storyline, but it's like, but if you're aware of it, it doesn't contradict it, and and actually like fits in nicely to the side. So it's a um, it's a nice little it's a nice little story that you know it's like has um Hank you know like broadening his world mind, and um and also um ties into the uh, next storyline, which basically has him trying to figure out you know ways of using the time machines at his disposal to uh, send send the heroes back in time, but. Well, it's like things aren't work. Like scientific trial and error isn't quite working, and um, it's like and the story itself um, starts off with um, as we get to the actual apocalypse war storyline um, with um, Evan, you know, just being um, kind of bummed about the fact that it's his birthday and he's got to put on a good, you know, nice smiley face for everyone because you know even though he's generally a, a nice, well-meaning kid, it's like. Everyone realizes that, you know, hey, if he's not this person, then, you know, hey, does this mean he's going to grow up to be Apocalypse? If he's not smiling, if he's going to be angry, does this mean he's going to be someone who's going to, like, enact survival of the fittest and take over the world? It's a nice um, extrapolation from the from what from the setup that Remender has given us. And um, and Hopeless um, does a good job of tying, of um, tapping into that some of that stuff right there. Probably the best of uh, any, uh, any of the uh, fellow his fellow um, storytellers here, but the uh, but the actual storyline has a nice has a nice high concept in the sense that you know after being sent back in time because of um like uh, complications between uh, like Hank's time machine and the uh, mask of Horus that he got from Doctor Strange, he and um, young Beast wind up back in um, ancient Egypt face to face with the uh, young kid who will be go become um, uh, Apocalypse. And surprise, surprise! Turns out this kid isn't all that different from from young Evan Sabanur. It's like he's a nice, like this this young young Evan Sabanur is actually someone who wants to um is rebelling against his dad, who is uh, head of the uh, one of the most brutal raider groups in Egypt. And he's it's like, and he also found a way that you know, doesn't allow him to like you know, like you know, to, to like to murder it's like um people random people in order to be, um, be, be accepted or just, you know, show that, you know, the, like, like the strong will always dominate the weak, you know, like keeping with the survival of the fittest theory. It's the, these three issues are a nice, nice little story that, um, ultimately doesn't accomplish a whole heck of a lot. I mean, it's a, 
I liked seeing um, Evan interact with um, Young um, in Sabanur. It's like, but at the same time, it's like you know, it's it's kind of like there's not really a, uh, a big catharsis um, enacted at the end of the story. I mean, it's like you know, like Evan wanted to uh, save his, like you know, save his young save his um, younger incarnation from being Apocalypse. But as Beast points out, you know, if you do that, you know, it's like, God knows we could wind up with something that's even worse than the uh, present tense we've wound up with. And, you know, it's like, so it's got, it's a story that's got some good ideas, but um, like not a lot of, but, but not a lot of follow through, follow through in the end. I mean, it's, it's fun for what it is, but I wouldn't say it's like, you know, it's like one probably the best thing the series has offered. So, so far, like I said, the uh, Doctor Strange story was um, in the volume was earlier in the volume was probably the highlight of it. In fact, it's probably the highlight of this whole event because with um, Extraordinary X Men, you get two issues that um, that deal with a lot of various things. Deal with um, magic, um, dealing with the uh, young with the young mutant she rescued, um, Sapna, and how she can see um, different um, portals in like in Limbo, and the other team going to Limbo to rescue a group. Uh, like um like a miss, missing mutant who turns out to be Sunfire, and uh, it's like and also um Storm and Jean Grey um going into the into uh um Night- Nightcrawler's mind to find out just what drove him nuts, I uh, like in the first volume, it's like it's uh, these first two issues are not are not bad, it's like it's like they're they're, they're decent um they're decent good superhero stories that do do show an appreciated. Like acknowledgement of of um larger issues in the Marvel universe, like like we're like Weird World for for better or for worse, but um. But overall, it's like, I mean, this this volume kind of shows that um, that Lemire, it's like even though he's like a he's a skilled writer, like he just seems to be kind of like um going, like um doing a decent job of going through the motions here. I mean, the, the actual Apocalypse War story is kind of a, a classic, you know, X Men visit a dystopian future. Um, tale that um, and that also like has um, some of the younger younger members. Um, it's like um glob, it's like um glob and Noel. It's like um Ernst. Oh God, why do they keep bringing her up? Because like you know, it's like we know that she's supposed to be young Cassandra Nova, but there doesn't seem to be any acknowledgement of that fact. You know, it's like outside of you know Grant Morrison's um like um here comes tomorrow's storyline. So. Anyway, oh, and um, young Martha Johansson and um, No Girl as well. But it's like, well, like I'm aging them up to um, be like actual X Men, to have actual X Men experience is kind of fun. It's like there's like a lot of stuff in here that um, like that um could they could have um could have could have worked could have worked better, particularly with the fact that Apocalypse himself seems to be kind of an afterthought. In here, and that um, Lemire's um, larger plan seems to be um, turning uh, Cyclops, uh, not Cyclops, Colossus into um, in, into like the uh, into um, the late, one of um, Apocalypse's horsemen, War, along with future incarnations of of Deadpool, um, Venom, and um, Moon Knight as as other horsemen, which are kind of which are, which are like which are interesting, and there are some nice nice bits that have. Um, Deadpool having sewn his mouth shut because he's famine, and um, when he opens his mouth, like all the all the bugs come out, and um, it's like and Jean Grey matching wits with um, Venom as he takes on um, it's like as he takes over Wolverine. It's like that's that stuff's kind of that stuff's kind of fun, 
but um, it's like the entire world is of the of the year three thousand is basically lots of um, like lots of um, biomes that have been taken over by apocalypse that are supported by apocalypse, and the and we get to see the various like the X Men who like who um, young X Men who who um, wind up in, in here initially trying to uh, survive through it. It's like until the uh, it's like until the uh, real X Men show up, like in the following issue. It's like it's it's a good it's a good sci fi adventure. It's like that ultimately doesn't amount amount too much, um, particularly when um, it's like it's we we get to, we get um, Nightcrawler kind of screws things up for everyone in the end. It's like I can understand why he would do this, but it's kind of like you know like Kurt. It's like, you know it's like I I loved your uh, it's like your your happy go lucky. Um, like a personality um, prior to all this, so I don't. I so like seeing you as being like the uh, mentally damaged, um, impulsive type um, is kind of like it's kind of disappointing. I do, however, I do admit I I loved seeing um, Humberto Ramos's art for this arc because he's a great artist with great amount of energy and a great exaggerated design sense that actually works well within this. Um, it's like showing like you know what's like um, what a future future. Um, um, embrace um, um, set up by apocalypse would look like. And that's good. That's good stuff. But um, like overall, it's like it's, it's like it, it just seems kind of like you know Lemire's like showing you like the, the, uh, the standard yo know, hey like a, a, an alternate um, future that's horrible for for mutants. I mean we've seen this before, and um, it's like it's like and it's not and it doesn't really like you know offer anything that's all that's that's um, particularly different than what we've seen before. If anything, um, the uh, subplot um, Lemire is developing with Sapna um, about how she is apparently going to be um, some kind of world destroyer is going seems to me like a uh, seems to have some potential. But um, well, Lemire is not part of the uh, ongoing X Men um, writer group for going forward because I was. Because thanks to the magic of future solicitations, we've learned that um, Mark Guggenheim is taking is uh, will be writing the um, one of the Encore X Men group books, um, X Men uh, Gold or X Men Blue. I can't I can't remember which one he's doing. And but anyway, it's like but the thing is like um, after it looks like after um, Inhumans versus X Men, um, Lemire is out. So whether or not he's going to be able to wrap up everything within the uh, tiny issues of extraordinary he's writing at this moment. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But you know, it's like it could be it could be worse. But you know, like the song of extraordinary X Men, probably um, best like best left to people who were like me and were like dedicated to following the ongoing adventures of like of the X Men, which is like better than I can say for um, Uncanny X Men, which is um, probably probably the, which is the least of these things, and it involves. And while I like the uh, first volume, which is basically kind of like, um, it's basically X-Force, only with um, the Uncanny title. And it's, it's basically um, Magneto leading a, a distaff team made up of, um, made up of Psylocke, um, Monet, and um, Sabretooth with um, Mystique and um, Phantom X um, working in the background. It's like, this time, it's like, it could have... The fact that it, um, that this writer Cullen Bunn decided to uh, tell a, a a story about um, Angel, Archangel, and Psylocke probably um, it's like you know when you're doing something like that, 
like that's when you're like running right up against um Remender's um, Dark Angel saga and it really doesn't work here particularly with the fact that um Bun seems to have um viewed the uh 8 month time jump from the end of Secret Wars to the um current Marvel universe as being a license saying hey I can have any prior setup and I'm not having to worry about explaining things because you know people will just assume that yeah this is something that happened so when you're saying that um, Archangel reappeared, who hasn't um, been a part of the uh, se- series since the Dark Angel saga, and that um, Angel, who um, is he- here in a very different form than he was in um, pages of Wolverine and, and the X-Men, it's like, that's kind of like, and you're saying that these guys are here, it's like, and they're like completely different than what we've known before, but we're supposed to assume that's the case just because... You know, there's an eight-month time gap. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Particularly since um, Bun does seem to acknowledge what he his own um, character art with Magneto after he um, died in the um, Last Days um, arc prior to um, Secret Wars, and then um, was brought back like through reasons uh, as of yet unexplained, um, like for the through the pages of Uncanny X-Men. What he means. Well, basically, while um, Bun is like telling a nice through line with Magneto here, he's not doing it with the other characters, and that's kind of frustrating. It's like, and then um, when you've got uh, um, then you've got um, like like Psylocke, you know, just try, like doing her like you know bit about trying to um find like you know humanity in the um dispassionate warrior Drona's Archangel, and then I'm um, finding out that you know Angel has reappeared in a uh, town that is, like, you know, so idyllic as to arouse suspicion. And, hey, turns out it's been um, um, run by um, Genesis, sorry, Genocide, Apocalypse's son. And he's um, basically um, been um, harvesting um, angels, um, constantly regrowing wings to be um, a kind of, uh, like, a hope, a, an inhuman host for uh, that will um, bring about the um, end of the world or something like that. Um, it's it's like it's 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 a kind of confusing, um, mostly a directionless plot that doesn't really that that um, does tread on the same ground as as the Dark Angel Saga, only to um, much lesser extent. There's also a, a subplot involving a Monet and um, Sabretooth as she, as she's been um, recruited by the uh, or she's been asked by the Morlocks to find out what's the What's what's going on with the plague that they're suffering from? It does turn out to find, have something that's relatively specific to to her character in the form of her brother Emplate. But um, the uh, the bits with um you know Sabretooth you know being a kind, caring kind of like he's basically Wolverine now, only like with like a like with a, like a slightly more violent or edgy bent, or at least that's what they try to portray, but it just doesn't work. But um, it's like um. Overall, like you know, this like the Uncanny X Men component of Apocalypse Wars is kind of like a um is kind of a mess. It's like, and even though it ends with you know, like hey, with Archangel being um firmly reestablished in the uh, continuity of the comics, it's like it 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 does so without um without being really um entertaining or interesting. So I don't know. It's like I guess. What I'm saying is like that the uh, that you know while I've generally liked Ashman crossovers, like this one is kind of a, is a deeply mixed bag. 
to my surprise, the one series that I was planning on skipping, um, X- all new X Men, turns out has turned out to be the most entertaining of the bunch. While um, Olamir's um, dutiful, like um, like um, reexamination of um, X Men, like standard X Men conventions, has been you know more or less all right, and um, you know Buns, Cullen Buns' um, work on Uncanny has been. You know, somewhat disappointing compared to his work on Magneto. I certainly hope it is a lot better with um, his work on the uh, on X Men Blue or whichever one of the two he's working on. But you know, it's like for casual X Men fans, you know, you can skip. I'd recommend just skipping this shit right now and just wait until wait to see how um, Resurrection um, turns out, or you know, more in the nearest term, the how Humans vs X Men um, goes. We'll we'll see about that. It's like I am, you know. I've been like uh, I'm committed to uh, following X Men because I've like learned so much about their continuity. I'm invested in the ongoing narrative of the X Men, so I will keep buying this stuff. This does not mean that anyone else has to as well. And you know, it's like if you want to skip if, if you want to skip this, <laughs> go right ahead. In fact, <laughs> go watch X Men Apocalypse. You might be it's a nice um, self-contained stuff that um, is deeply silly, but you know it's like yeah. Have enough beer, have enough, um, have enough rum beforehand, and I'm sure you'll find find ways to make it entertaining, right, John? Right. I will Glad tell you. There. I will tell you the weirdest thing in the uncanny one was you know reading one of the first lines from uh, Sabretooth, and he's like, you know, before I used to eat, I'd eat ya, and I'm like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's, he's he's not that mean. It's like yeah. in, in this, it's like it's 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 it's, it's a mis- it's mis- it's clever misdirection. It's you know, it's not clever misdirection. It's just misdirection. Yeah, and Evan, you know, hey, you know, he likes milk and cookies just like any other kid, you know. Yeah, it's like I I like I like Evan's, Evan's yeah. Evan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. So, um, yeah, um, so cool. So you're saying uh, all new X Men is pretty much uh, is worth your time then? Yeah, it's like it's. Like I said I wasn't expecting it to be to be as entertaining as it was, but um, it's. But it's, so far, it's trying to be the the winner of the uh, current X Men line. All right, cool. Well, what do you have on tap for us next time? Well, next time it's like, it might seem weird for me to talk about. Hey, it's like you know, I got a series about Darth Vader to talk about that i'm not doing right now but you know hey it's like i'm sure people will still be talking about rogue one in two weeks time but yeah next next time is all about um kieran Gillen's excellent yeah it's excellent um darth vader series of marvel all right and we'll catch you next time on comic picks by the glick all right laters <laughs>